0: Greetings and salutations to our listening audience. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the A24 On The Rocks podcast. The only podcast, as of this recording, where five friends, tonight four friends, travel through every movie in the A24 universe in order to discuss them and our thoughts on them with drinks in hand. As always, we encourage you to relax and enjoy a drink of your choice as we discuss this episode's movie, Equals. Before we begin introductions as we rotate our host each week this week we fall on myself Kelly as I humbly drink a truly wild berry flavor truly truly I am drinking a truly I will let my co-hosts introduce themselves along with their drinks starting with my husband
1: Hey I'm Eric I'm Kelly's husband and I'm drinking a
2: truly cherry hard seltzer and up next we have Kevin Good evening, world. This is Kevin Kacon, Conachek, and tonight I am drinking an Old Fashioned with Woodford Reserve and a special mix made by my good friends in Appleton called Overland Old Fashioned Mix. It's a quite great combination, so go ahead and grab some if you're up in the Appleton, Wisconsin area. Because, you know, Old Fashioned a Wisconsin tradition. Next we have...
3: Hey, it's Cole William Whitlaw Gibson, resident Canadian. Uh, tonight I am drinking my favorite Jefferson's Ocean Aged, truly delicious whiskey. But to pair it to fit in with uh, my fellow co host, I'm drinking a White Claw as well. So I'm kind of <laughs> <follow> <laughs> double fisting
2: Jefferson's yeah, and White you know, Claw. Yeah. Like,
3: you get, get a little whiskey and then you're like, hold man, I'm a little, I don't think anyone's ever s-
2: made that statement before. Double fisting yeah. White Claw. and, and well, Good for you, Cole. I'm proud of you.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to stay hydrated while drinking my whiskey. That's really, really what I'm trying to do here, folks, It's a responsible so. choice, Absolutely. truly. One hundred percent. TV static in the whiskey. Truly. <laughs>
0: As mentioned, the discussion of this episode will center around the 2015 science fiction romantic drama called Equals. The film is about, and I quote, In an emotionless utopia, two people fall in love when they regain their feelings from a mysterious disease causing tensions between them and their society. Sounds pretty interesting, right? It's directed by Drake Dormis, written by Nathan Parker, based on a story from Drake, the director. It stars Nicholas Holt as Silas, who you may know from Warm Bodies, Mad Max Fury Road, Dark Places, which was in the A24 catalog, and more recently, as of this recording, The Menu, and also Kristen Stewart as Nia, made famous by the Twilight series, but did plenty of film before and after that. It also will feature Guy Pearce and Jackie Weaver and was filmed in, did you guys know this, Japan and Singapore.
2: Wow, no, I did not know that. That's a cool fact. <laughs> so
0: I thought that was kind of interesting. All right, here's the question we always ask. Is this everyone's first time seeing this movie? It is for myself. Yes,
3: sure is. Yep. Yeah, I... Didn't even know this was a movie. Same. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Interestingly, around this time, I don't know what I was doing, but there seems to be a lot of press about it. There's also a lot of reviews on it, and a lot of um, like PR and interviews from Kirsten and Nicholas uh, going around talking about the release of this movie. So it seemed to have a lot of appeal when it was, and a lot of buzz when it was coming out. However, I'm in the same boat where I was like, never heard of this. Sounds like an interesting premise let's dive in. What did you all think of this kind of premise? What did you think on the actors? I just want to hear kind of initial thoughts before we truly get into it. Uh, Cole, let's start with you.
3: You know, I didn't look up anything about this movie and I turned it on and they definitely immediately made me think, okay, so this is like an emotionless society. I mean, that's what they're going for, right? Um, I also thought, man, I feel like I've seen this movie a couple of times in, in a couple different ways. I feel like this kind of like post-apocalyptic like everyone they got rid of emotion because emotion causes war type thing has been done a lot so i was interested to see how they could you know kind of do some twists on it because everyone has their own unique spin i do like uh the main male protagonist uh, nicholas holt um i think he's he's you know pretty decent actor christian stewart sometimes i feel like she gets a bad rap because of the twilight stuff but then other times i watch a movie with her and i'm like you know maybe maybe she kind of deserves a little bad rap for her for her acting chops yeah those those were kind of like my initial vibes and feels for when this movie
2: kind of kicked it off with me
0: good words kevin i want a vibe check from you
2: so i don't have any rhyme or reason on how i pick which trailers and which things to read prior to when watching a movie versus just jumping into it cold. This one I decided to watch the trailer, mostly because, unfortunately, in your group chat, we kind of talked about the, how some of you fell asleep, and it was a little plodding, so I was like, all right, what am I getting myself into? Uh, so I watched the trailer, and there was nothing that grabbed my attention from the trailer, just like there wasn't anything that grabbed my attention in this movie. It was very slow off the bat and didn't really pick up all that much until we got to the obviously the climax which is probably the intention of the uh writer director but in this circumstance it uh was very (laughs) lullaby effective and we can get into that when we talk about the soundtrack and the backing Um, but this movie just kind of plotted along at a a pace that wasn't overly enjoyable for me Um, and we kind of i was looking for something and waiting for that really big punch which we kind of get towards the end of it, but um, eh, it was it was uh, okay, and we'll kind of continue to talk about that as we go, but that was my initial reaction to this film.
0: Lullaby intensive is going to be a new phrase yes. that I'm going to use in the
2: future. Oh, good. I hope so.
0: <laughs> Eric, it's your turn to weigh in.
1: Yeah. Um, the initial like color palette of this film, blues, grays, whites, and... It definitely plays into it being a kind of boring film and uh, I know that the whole <laughs> point of the film is to kind of show a world where emotion just isn't a thing. It's to a detriment of the film because the it's so like visually unappealing to look at in my opinion that it uh, kind of ruins any entertainment factor that I could get from it. And then yeah we have a shower scene with Nicholas Holt. I immediately thought this was going to be like American Beauty, where he'd start jerking off and say, "This is the high point of my day," and then uh, it wasn't. And you know, ever since that, you know, going forward, I just thought it, you know, wouldn't be Which a good. So film. disappointed, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So usually I don't reveal my cards when I'm hosting this early, but I also just want to get out there for our listeners. It sounds like if you're a big fan of this movie, you're not going to appreciate where this uh, review of us is headed. (laughs) I think all of us feel a little bit exhausted by watching this. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was not my favorite thing that we've watched. I read a review. Um, I have two little call outs that I wanted to just get out of the way right here because... They said it perfectly. The most pretentious word, in my opinion, is uh, derivative. And this is the time that I'm actually going to call this sci-fi movie just that. It's derivative. We've seen everything in this a hundred times before. And at any spot where they're going to add something new to it, it's just like, oh, it's emotionalist. So let's use a really sterile environment and cold color palette. Like, it's just, I don't, like. Give me something more. So The Guardian quoted this, um, their outfit choice, as white suit futurism oppression by Calvin Klein. Loved that. This person had said that the visuals of this movie were somewhat appealing, but not enough to make up for its plotting pace and aimlessly derivative story. So when they said that word, I said, well, I got to use that word too. They got it on the head. So... Not to be too much of a hater, we still have a lot more to discuss. In any sci-fi movie, I think establishing your world and what kind of dystopian future we're going to be in is huge. That's a major important thing to kind of establish for everybody watching it. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on the world itself. Were you able to kind of grab like a firm grasp on this dystopian future? Thoughts on the architecture... The use of nature, some of the framing of things, propaganda. Uh, Let's go in the same order again. Cole, let's hear kind of from you on the world that they built for us.
3: Yeah, I mean, Eric kind of touched on it where I think the world itself was very, like, reflective of, I think, what they wanted it to be. But at its detriment where it just was so just everything was very bright and just like uninteresting. And I get that they're trying to get rid of the emotion and all that stuff, but everything was very bland, but they did like, there was a little backstory about obviously it's post-apocalyptic and they talked about enclaves of, you know, people, survivors in in these bombed out cities from like probably a nuclear war. And they, for some reason they didn't, they don't take photos. They drop pictures of everything in this world for some reason. And they were like, doing drawing and depictions of things of like probes. And um, I was really hoping that eventually we were going to see some of this like kind of run down cities, you know, like the last of us just came out. Right. And like they Mm -hmm. did some beautiful set designs with those, you know, kind of dilapidated cities with the overgrown foliage and they had some pictures of it. And I was like, man, that's like, that'll be cool. We'll spice it up, add some pizzazz to this movie, maybe in the third act or something like that spoiler, you never leave the gray and whites here, buddy. That's all you get. So, um, I don't know. It just, it was, it seems like a very shallow kind of attempt at the same thing we've seen over and over and over. I mean, like, I, again, I like when this movie is a movie that I've seen probably a dozen times, and I've probably seen it six, you know, half a dozen times better done than this, so.
1: Mm
3: hmm
0: I agree with you kind of, like, on... The way that they're kind of establishing what else went on in the world and is going to go on in the world. Like, Mm -hmm. you think that we're going to leave outside of what kind of feels like a 1,000-foot circle that contains every single scene in this entire movie. (laughs) It just feels really, really small scale. And I don't know if it's limited by budget or what that's about, but it just didn't feel like a whole world to me. No, Uh, We're going to bounce... I want to bounce over to you next, Eric. Tell us about this, like, your thoughts on how they presented this dystopian to society.
1: They didn't have a big set, you know, like, we kind of kept rotating between the same few buildings throughout this whole film. They actually explain that the cities were bombed out in this dystopian future. Like, why don't you show some of that? You know, why don't you show some beautiful cinematography of, uh, you know, the of nature taking over what was once an urban jungle? You know, that's always an interesting look on a dystopian society uh, but we really kind of rotate between the same few sets in here and it's just uh it just doesn't do it well you know like we continually kind of have these boring blue grays and whites and same sets and it it you know lulls you to sleep in a way
0: Kevin, weigh in on the dystopian society we're living in. Um, your thoughts on kind of, there is like a aspect of nature that they're going out of their way to kind of present to us. And like, was there anything, we're talking about derivative and we've seen it before. Was there anything about this world itself that maybe stood out to you as like different from another movie or medium you've seen? Yeah.
2: Um, so the first thing that kind of stuck out to me was how blunt and on the nose the communication of the society was. So we get early signs where we get big propaganda posters with mentioning monitor your own behavior or or things that are very much like directive towards the people in this film. I thought that was kind of an interesting take where um, even with the communication about um, things going wrong or you know someone committing suicide or all those other things are just presented in a very blunt, direct way to um, the people in this film. And I thought that was kind of refreshing in a sense that it really played on the idea of the no emotions and that was uh was also cool to see i enjoyed in general the idea of of the crisp white freshness and all of how that really didn't tie into emotion but as you kind of touched in it didn't go anywhere else besides that even when he gets a nature job it's one shot of what one plant where he's just it was just not enough there was no teasing there and if you're trying to make that be your your guide or your driving force to get these people out of their situation, they certainly didn't do a good enough job to kind of put that out there. Um, They also didn't really build the world too much for me. I I wanted to know why or how human society got to a point where uh, emotion was treated like a plague. I mean, I didn't necessarily get a big feeling Mm -hmm. for that at all, because that seems like a really big twist. Obviously, they mentioned the 90% of population getting bombed out and I'm sure they blamed human emotion on the great wars and all that jazz, but just trickling in there where you can barely kind of tell that it's there and putting the onus on the viewer to put that together. And it wasn't working for me. And so many of those long blank shots where you just have a, a close-up on the, on the faces and you have left to kind of put your thoughts of the character into their own head. I don't like that. I don't want to build your own adventure with mm-hmm. this. I want them to tell me what they're thinking or have body emotions that are acting out what they're thinking not just a blank stare and a pan across their nose and now we're kind of like oh I wonder what's going on in their brain so I could continue to rant on that subject but that was kind of uh, how I thought the world was presented
1: yeah a little history would have helped I I think a long way with this film yeah
2: and not just sprinkling it in like the guy's coloring and all of a sudden we get like a history blurb like that didn't work for me
1: See, like with The Rover and The Lobster, uh, we didn't get a lot of history in both those worlds, like why those societies are the way they are, but they carry those films so much better with cinematography, different sets, uh, the acting and the writing and this film just lacked all of that.
3: Well, and, and those films had like something like interesting going on, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. the the Lobster had like such a unique premise that I've never seen in a film before, and The Rover kind of took like Mad Max but like grounded it super hardcore and like told an interesting story. This movie took a concept that we've seen a million times and just was like right. What? I mean like, what, what happened? It was not It was,
2: it was, it was Romeo and, <laughs> the Romeo and Juliet TV trope that we always yes. talk about. It's so yeah. bad. It was so obviously painful yeah. from early on. That's what they were going for. And then to even do the whole, I think my lover is dead. I'm going to kill myself. Like, you were this close and mm. truly copying the exact fucking plot point. So, yeah, yeah. there was that.
0: And yeah, like, that's, like, what I'm saying where it's, like, the amount of analysis that, in my opinion, went into this of just, like, the Romeo and Juliet Everybody knows that story. Or I want to present emotionless. I guess we'll go with cold and sterile. And as the other reviewers said, oppression by Calvin Klein. Everyone's wearing white suits. <laughs> just not so original. Uh, Cole, were you going to say something and I interrupted?
3: No, well, I was just going to say like one of my favorite books is Fahrenheit 451. Like I really enjoyed mm. that book. And um, you know, you also have like um, what 1984, the Orwell book. Like your Um, like both of those are fantastic books i never read the orwell one but i really like fahrenheit 451 and it you know kind of spins off that idea and i like films based off of that like a a much better film that i don't know if a lot of people have seen is equilibrium and it takes it it just like turns it into like the matrix and just goes like way over the top action pack kind of like bullshit and it's fun and it's exciting but it's all about the emotion and instead of it being some just like depressing like oh my god I'm sick it's like no these guys with like fucking leather jackets are just gonna come shoot you because you feel emotion now so Mm -hmm. and it's like this movie just did nothing interesting for me and I don't know just for being someone that's a fan of like sci-fi and like futuristic like post-apocalyptic stuff and like Fahrenheit 451 I was like you know this movie obviously seems like it would fall into something that i would enjoy but man i just when it's a a, a hundred minute movie and you gotta watch it in two different viewings because it's <laughs> like you just kind of get burnt out on like right. man really not much has happened like i'm predictable and i don't know i, I know we're gonna there's a lot of hate going around uh. right now but
2: you know, and not to I jump can't. on...
0: I mean, just, I, I, Kelly. I won't say it's not going to continue. No, right. And not <laughs> yeah. to
2: jump on the, on the dog train here, but another comparison that people have been making to this film that is way on the nose is The Giver, the book The Giver. I mean, that idea, mm-hmm. right, everyone's got a, plan, a place in society and you can't have emotions, and if you don't belong in society, you get killed. Like, that's, that's the plot point right there, too. So it just feeds right back into our idea that this is very unoriginal and then boring. And yeah, also, um, something quick here, too. Uh,
1: when that guy jumped off the building, I was begging for the biscuit lady from the lobster to come back. I wanted some <laughs> screaming. I wanted, you know, the biscuit lady so, to be there. Because yeah. at least she had a little personality. This guy well, that jumped off the building, you know, it. we don't, you know. Yeah. It's just, a, yeah, we, we don't really feel much from it. All we got no, is, it, anybody. It, did you see that? Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's
3: it. Yeah. It, 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 like, you know what would have made that scene better? Is if someone did freak out, and they're like, oh, shit, that person has emotion. And then, you know, fucking uh, uh, Sean B- uh, Penn or uh, and Christian Bale jump down in fucking leather jackets and shoot them. That would be fucking that awesome. Be equilibrium. This could going to be an equilibrium that, broadcast. Ugh.
0: That point that you just made is exactly what I was going to say. I don't ever feel like the big bad in this movie is built up to be a big bad.
3: No, not they at all. They talk
0: about this den. They talk about stage one, stage four of this disease that they'll kill you for. And also, here's the word suicide 100 times in this movie. Are you afraid? And also, everyone's gonna tattle on each other. I thought of, we're talking about similarities and what else we kind of thought of. I'm a big fan of the movie Gattaca. And it does kind of a similar thing where you have to scan yourself into your workplace. The thing about, I was going to talk about cinematography as our kind of next discussion point, um, mm-hmm. and one of the questions I wrote down was, could you have done with more long shots in this film? Why or why not? Did they fill the space enough? Did you have enough? Um... That's kind of the thing, is these like spots that we're talking about, instead of building out our world, making it bigger, making it richer, giving us more about the characters, showing us some danger of what happens if you do show emotion rather than just showing a Silas staring at Nia's face forever and ever and ever, amen? That time. was their choice. Did that did that work for you guys? Why or why not? Eric, you haven't gone first yet, so let me know.
1: Uh, no, yeah, it was horrible how, how many close-ups they had in this film. Uh, especially Nicholas Holt. He was very mucousy and uh, had a lot of saliva this whole film, you know, getting stuck between his lips. And I constantly was fixated on his lips like getting stuck together and like slowly peeling apart as he uh, kind of just stared at Nia and it was just almost gross in a way like you, you don't need that many close-ups of a person and yeah obviously like I agree with Kelly here too that longer shots, wider shots, more landscapes establishing the world more would have went a long way when, a long way in this film but instead we had a lot of close-ups of uh, bodily fl- bodily fluids. And not the good kind either. You know, like, I saw Infinity Pool recently, and, you know, that was a good kind of bodily fluid that we saw, but not this, not this one.
0: Goodness gracious. Kevin, I'm going to move to you next about your thoughts on cinematography as a whole. um, And is there any merit to something being maybe more of a, like, a minimalist movie? And did this pull it off at all for you?
2: So I think if you took all of our silent montages in this film and put them all together and stretched them out, I bet you you would have damn near a half hour of nothing but slow close-ups and lullaby-infused music in the background. And that seems so lazy as a director or as a writer. When you're like, shit, I need to make time on this. What are we going to do? We're going to make another montage of these two people staring out into nothing. Or we're going to have them standing on a bridge and we're going to pan past them for 30 seconds. There were so many scenes in this film where I was just like, if you took that film and reduced it down, or took that scene and reduced it, then it'd be better. But then you wouldn't have anything in this movie at all. So they somehow managed to stretch an unoriginal idea that had almost no content into it, into a 90 plus minute film and the reason they did it is because or how they did it was with these crazy long montages so no there is no merit to it whatsoever was it pretty yes it was pretty they they had some very nice shots and scenery and some slow pans and some color palette choices but for the most part there was nothing else uh, grabbing my attention at all from those moments Uh, Eric hit it on the head with the close up uh, ridiculousness overuse like Who thought that was a great idea? We're just going to have, you know, five minutes straight of of Nicholas Holt's nose or Kristen Stewart's lips. Like, (laughs) it just doesn't work for me. And some of those silent scenes, can you imagine filming some of those awkward sex scenes or like when they're trying to kiss for the first time in that weird bathroom? Like, I felt for those actors in that point. Like, it's so awkward. And they just made it even more awkward. And it was just weird and Every time they met, it was the same scene and the same, they just rehashed it over and over and over again until they had enough film to call cut. Bullshit.
0: Cole, add on, and I want to know, uh, (laughs) are there ways to maybe perhaps show desire outside of just having the camera stare at somebody for what feels like hours on end?
3: Yeah, well, as, like, the most socially awkward person on this podcast, that's how I find my mates. It's just by staring <laughs> at them and just, God, I just hope that they recognize and realize Until that they're there confront in love you. with you. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh, yeah, obviously there's, like, way better ways to do this. You know, like Kevin said, this is so unoriginal, but yet, like, the director, Drake wrote wrote a story wrote the story is by him and then he gave it to someone to do a screenplay so that way he could then direct it it's like what did he write what story did he write romeo and juliet did he write fahrenheit 451 what did he actually write because he sure as shit didn't write something good uh but uh, as for trying to show how people fall in love there's so many movies that show that so fast i mean fucking just watch the first 30 seconds to up they don't say a goddamn word in that thing. And those people are way more in love than these guys. And, Better and, love story
0: than Twilight. <laughs>
3: yeah. And, and with this film, you have a film, like you said, that's very minimalist. And that's the point. Like the society is a minimalist society. Well, if you want to make a minimalist society filmed minimalist style, entertaining and interesting you need to have a very compelling story and very character driven very lots of dialogue lots of conversations lots of interactions that are you know intense uh you know they they should it, there was not like a lot of intensity like you said the the big mm-hmm. you know oh you have emotion it wasn't that really that big of a thing he woke up and was like oh shit i had a dream i'm going to go to the dock they're going to be like hey man it's okay you had a dream you're stage 1 don't worry, and then, like, okay. So if we don't have to worry about it, what, why are we? Why are we making a whole movie? Uh, I want to know who about,
2: developed a blood test to figure out if you have emotion or not. Like
3: about this, like yeah, huh? like, yeah, it's just <laughs> that doesn't it, it, n- make sense.
1: Nothing. How they cure uh, cancer? How they cure the common cold? Oh uh, yeah, like, they again, they, just they a cure
3: little all history. This- they cure all this stuff and they eliminate emotion, and but yet they can't figure out how to truly eliminate. Emotion. Right, and Kelly even but mentioned it too. The big you.
2: baddie in this one is, okay, you get a cure and you go right back into society doing exactly what you were. I mean, sure, you don't feel anything anymore, but like there wasn't any risk really. It's like that's the end. Yeah, they don't it, make
0: the society sound bad enough too.
2: Yeah, like yeah, the thought of sure. oh
0: no, I'm feeling emotion and it makes my life more difficult. But they cured it in my lifetime, just like they said they would. Yeah. Why, like, is the thought of being terrified and trying to live with your emotion better than just getting the cure? And, like, it's yeah. just not compelling to me. And then
2: we'll get no. to it at the ending, but then they basically say that, oh, just kidding. Like, the cure isn't real. You can you can get past it.
3: <laughs> yeah, if you hold hands, man. You'll if you hold fucking, hands, you'll, you'll can, be fine. Yeah, you, can, you can push through it, but I, I don't know. It just... There's a lot of things that bothered me about this film beyond just it being boring. It's all like super hyper scientific, right? Like Mm. emotions are out. We're all about science and all this and all these things. Well, okay, you make a movie that's yeah, it's all about space and being hyper scientific. You pull emotion out of it. All decisions are calculated and all that stuff. But then you have some stupid ass lines like Christian Stewart holding a cup. That says it's a bee. First off, it's not a fucking bee. If you know what a bee looks like, that's a wasp. I don't. So, they have the wrong insect in a cup. And then she's like, you know, by laws of aerodynamics, bees can't, oh, shouldn't God. be able to fly, but they just do. Well, guess what? If you actually believe that, you're a dumbass. That's not true. That, that is just a myth perpetuated by stupid people, just like people who say, you know, every you know every year you swallow seven spiders when you sleep. No you don't. Stop being stupid. Just like listen to what you're saying and realize that this is all just a facade. If aer- the laws of aerodynamics say that something can't happen, it's 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 a like in laws and like scientific like definitions it cannot be broken if it is broken that's no longer a law it's no longer applies Mm -hmm. that 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 law has been changed or needs to be modified so if a bee can fly the law just it it just it doesn't compute and it doesn't make sense and that's just something that's been perpetuated and drives me crazy when people say that also it was a wasp the whole time this movie sucks (laughs)
0: it's a utopia
3: do better be smarter (laughs) hey hey drake if you're gonna write a story that you just ripped off from romeo and juliet in fahrenheit 451 and you watched you watched equilibrium from 2002 and thought hey i'm gonna make this movie like 13 years later no one's gonna remember it also i'm gonna take out all the cool shit and it's just gonna be boring fucking people
2: fuck you guess what we're here to remind you that you suck here in 2023.
1: <laughs> Goodness, and, I We're mean, calling them like, out by name. This movie was uh, made for 16 million dollars. Do you imagine how much more good could be done in the world if that 16 million dollars went elsewhere?
3: How, where that. did it go?
1: <sighs> but you know, just not. Yeah. If we didn't make this film and the 16 million dollars went to, you know, several families, 16 different families, how much good could be done in the world?
3: They spent 16 million dollars on like a thousand white shirts and pants. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, where did the money go? Like, what, did it, they have to do CGI for all it their shitty pees? certainly did because not they did go... they could afford to have, like, a real photo of shit? I don't <laughs> basic know. Basic-looking graphics,
0: I can tell you where it didn't outfits.
2: go. It didn't go to the audio mixing, and I'm going to rant on that for half of a second. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So was, I want to get there. Yeah, I want to touch post, one more thing, and then Kelly, I'm, I'm headed there. go. You got this.
0: So if I dial us back before the B conversation, we were talking about... <laughs> In a minimalist film like this, it needs to be character-driven, is what Cole said as well, and I completely agree. So with that said, the characters themselves, I want to talk about, did you empathize with Silas? Were you pulled in with his story from the beginning? I know he can't show emotion right away, but when he starts showing it, how were you? Were you invested? Did he grab onto you? And Nia, same kind of story. I want to hear how you guys felt about our main characters as we're moving through this world. Eric, we'll start with you.
1: Definitely not Silas' side. Again, the mucus, the saliva, the Jeez. close-ups on his face. Sorry to go back to that, but it immediately turned me off from him. Uh, he's an illustrator. I think that's kind of cool. Like uh, We have an artistic uh, lead character, but in this emotionless world, how, how are we uh, creating these stories um, these drawings, like it kind of is contradictory to the world they live in, right? Where they're making like artistic stuff. And um, it's like
0: they call it. Yeah. Um, so I liked that he was an illustrator, especially because it seemed like almost he was listening to podcasts and then drawing pictures yeah. of it, but it's his yep. narration. But I was like, oh, he's just like me for real.
1: But, <laughs> <Yeah>. he, isn't. <laughs> but he
0: isn't. But they call it the specul- speculative nonfiction or something yeah. is what he draws, right? So.
1: Yeah. That's why it would
0: make sense that we have illustrators.
1: Chris, Kristen Stewart recently, she's been in a few films I actually like. Like I, I'm not a huge downer on Kristen Stewart. She was in, uh, what was the film with um, Aubrey Plaza? It was a Christmas film. Well, we'll get back to that later. But uh, she was actually very good in that. This film, she was very much Twilight Kristen Stewart, where she's making a lot of weird facial expressions her emotion coming across is completely alien to how a person would actually react to things. And um, it's very awkward. They definitely just kind of put her in this film to put a big name in the in the film. And, yeah, the characters themselves, they weren't interesting. And when you don't have super interesting characters, you need good acting to carry it. Unfortunately, that didn't happen in this film. So, yeah, the characters, to me, very bland. They fell flat. And they weren't even believable, you know? I didn't root for them.
0: Kevin, I'm going to bring it to you, too. Um, with characters, with the acting themselves, other characters in this movie will open it up to as well. Kind of thoughts, were you on their side? I feel like a lot of movies that I watch, I feel like I'm at some point, if I'm engaged, I'm on the same plane as some of these characters. Did this happen for you in this movie?
2: I... Had trouble getting on either person's side for the most part because of all of the other kind of things we were talking about as far as the way the society kind of set things up. I, I made a note at one point where I was just kind of thinking, "I'm like, is you know Nicholas Holt's character just horny at this point? I mean, he he's figuring <laughs> out what what having a physical touch with a person is for the first time, and he's like, uh, how do I get more of that? Followers are around, and I don't. So it was just because there really wasn't any. Converse- like The most that they did to build everything outside of the physical was a slow pan of them laughing at one point. So mm. they didn't do a good enough job of using those still moments to create anything at all. And even towards the end where we get the idea of them waiting for each other and going on this big travel, the interconnection between these two just wasn't there. I felt the chemistry for a movie that truly is based about them, these two people. If you look at the movie poster, it's their two names those bodies on the on the image the movie's called Equals and some probably theory into those two and they just never did a good enough job for me to kind of feel like i cared even towards the end of the climax it was just like well that's it i guess and mm-hmm. no in no detriment of the way they played these characters in fact there was a couple of the scenes and i alluded to earlier where they have to have these in Tense sessions of finding out what love is for the first time while trying to act that out that's normally something that teenagers do right now adults have to kind of show that and how do you kiss somebody for the first time when you are never even allowed to touch someone that's kind of an interesting thought I did put myself in their shoes in that moment like I've never even touched another person in my life. Now I'm about to fall in love, try to have sex and pregnant somebody all within like a 48 hour period, and that is wild. That's wild, and it probably realistic. It's a premature
1: exe- ejaculation for sure. Right? Yeah.
2: So I, I think <laughs> so that's kind of where Thank it was. You, it started out just being like, yeah, he's horny. Nah, he's in love. Uh, uh, Kristen Stewart, good enough job of, of acting heartbroken. I did take a note on that. the 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 crying scene where she was really having a meltdown after everything that kind of went down. A, gave her a little bit of props in that scenario. You asked me about the other two, so Guy Pierce and Jackie Weaver. They did a good job of being emotionless. Congratulations on that, I suppose. Uh, they were a plot point only. They could have been played by anybody. Uh, they were an NPC in my book. Honestly, just somebody that you have to move the plot forward with and no other uh, things related to them. So that's my thought on that.
0: Yeah, NPC for sure, because it's not like we ever learned anything about them. They were just used as an item to rotate our plot around. If these people are supposed to have their emotions on, or even when our characters have their emotions on, why don't we change the cinematography? Why don't we change the score? Why don't we make things swell? Why don't we show some warmth? Why don't we like make us want to return to that again? These are all things that I'm like, we could have changed this. Take my notes. Cole, this is your open forum. Let's talk about characters. (laughs) Let's talk about (laughs) acting. The floor is yours.
3: Yeah, I mean I think you nailed it with the um the feeling of the film never changes, but the pe- feeling that the people are supposed to have changes. So why doesn't the film change with it to like really be more powerful because I just it's just it becomes across awkward and kind of messy and just really doesn't do it for me. And even the dialogue that occurs like when he goes to like the the hidden group of you know that well we we all have feelings and uh mm-hmm. one of the the main side characters uh talks to uh silas and he's like silas is telling him about how he you know had sex for the first time with Naya, and he's like oh well, what stage is she and he's like oh he, she's a uh, you know she, she's not diagnosed and he's like oh so she's a hider that's really hard
4: <laughs> and, and then, they, and then they,
3: that's it it's like they just move on. It's like, oh, so she's a hider. Uh, so apparently they they have a term for it, but it's just it's A hard, creative you know? term,
0: no but,
2: less. Very creative. But how hard Featured is it? Speak. I mean, they were able to meet up constantly wherever they wanted well, at any point in time, spend nights in their apartment together. Like,
1: they didn't even show the and, threat at all. <laughs> and and one more thing about the movie budget. Ex Machina was made for $15 million. This was made for $16 million. Yeah. Just a complete difference in the two films. And the both sci-fi films are dystopian. And Ex Machina uses... It won an Oscar for visual Incredible. effects. Incredible, yeah. yeah. And we have this film uh, not using really any visual effects whatsoever.
2: Yeah. No, Use your money no. better. Yeah, and it probably was even influenced by Ex Machina, too. I mean, if you think about yeah. some of the, the shots and the cleanliness <sighs> of mm-hmm. all of it and the, the dystopian future, I bet you he borrowed that just like he borrowed everything else for this film.
3: Yeah, yeah it's just... I don't know. I, like, I really, really wanted them when they started talking about getting the plane. And apparently... sounds like it's super easy to escape this society if you just talk to yeah. the right NPCs. You know, they all got their side quests and stuff. You fulfill that promise. They give you the key to the city, and you just fucking get out of there. It's a
2: video game. Was, <laughs> was that the first time that they had ever swapped bodies with somebody? Like, they looked like they had done that tons of times. Like, here's a new identity. Mm-hmm. We're going to swap this out real yeah. quick. But no, we never yeah. interfere, ever. But you got this yeah. down. Sup- like, this is the time. Yeah.
3: Super easy. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, at least we'll get to see something cool or something will happen. And you will, you know, maybe we'll kind of, I don't know, I was thinking maybe like a Children of Men type five where you yes. like leave it and it's like a war torn and people are fighting, oh. but it's like emotion versus the emotionless mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, uh, no, no, you don't get that. They quickly shut that down. You're yeah. just like, <laughs>
1: They even ask the question.
2: They're like, "Oh yeah, we don't know anybody who's ever been there." We they try to describe the peninsula, but then give you absolute. Is that the upper peninsula? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Shout out. Seriously, why? That's your that's your promised land, right? That's your goal. That's your end game, and you Mm -hmm. do nothing to develop that as being like where you're trying to get to.
0: Mm. Even our exchange between our people who are, quote unquote, turned on. (laughs) <laughs> for lack ah, yes. of a better term. Yes, and switched, on, switched on switched uh, on syndrome, yeah, right? Switched yeah. on. But yeah. when, the, when the women get a chance to exchange words and Kirsten Stewart's saying that they're going to go to the peninsula, a uh, woman who works in the den is like, I assume that the friend that I once knew when I was just a little older than you died over there. Kirsten Stewart's like, yeah, but you don't know. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I guess I don't.
2: I just wrote that down. Like, that's yeah, that exchange. Well, you that's don't that, know. That's
0: that dialogue. Yeah. Yeah.
3: For a group of people that are supposed to have emotion in an emotionless world, they are the most emotionless people. Like, right. if you took them and put them in our world, we'd be like, these people are fucking weird. We got some robots up in this. But this is the support like, group for the emotion, emotion. people. But, and they're like. But Bleh. those are the people that are, like, fucking crazy. I don't know, just. Uh,
2: the guy
0: uh, who took <laughs> over for Silas's job had more emotion than the emotion <laughs> oh,
2: support group. You mean Little Da Vinci? Oh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking Little Da Vinci. That guy was a tool. I didn't like him at all. Yeah. But I guess that's what they were going for. Her. Yeah, we, we're not supposed to like that guy. No.
3: Yeah. yeah. It was a good plot point, though. Really developed the story. Really, really oh,
1: yeah. added to, to oh, the fucking She's fuck gonna going to get caught because she's
3: here. thinking about the guy. Oh, no. Look. Okay, so spoiler alert. She gets pregnant because they banged once. Or twice. I don't really know <laughs> yeah, how many times. You kind of lose track,
2: don't you?
0: <laughs> but, you know, and all that time spent staring at each other, who knows what was happening beneath yeah, right? the waist. <laughs> Absolutely. Right.
3: But then it, it really, like... Yeah, okay, so they use it for a reason for her to essentially get caught right before they're about to leave. But, I mean, like, and then they just escape. Like, I, don't, I don't know, just it's... They, like, keep giving us stuff of, like, oh, see, they're going to fucking find out... Bad shit's gonna happen, blah blah blah. But then nothing really ever pans out. Honestly, I wish I wish Silas jumped off the, the fucking building. It would have been It would have yeah. been a better story. Yeah. I was
2: kind of waiting for it. That was also <laughs> bullshit too. Like the build up for that was like waiting for the oh. beat to drop on like a dubstep tune or something. It just kept going and going and going and going. That's and going the whole
3: and, movie. And,
0: uh, yeah, there
2: you go, right? And it never dropped. The, the whole beat movie.
3: I wait for the drop. Drops. Yes. <laughs> Silas instead is just. I, I'm gonna step off. i mean I would rather be emotionless than kill myself without my lover. And it's like, okay, so we're doing Romeo and Juliet, but we're doing cop-out Romeo and right. Juliet. And if you're gonna yeah. give us
2: what stage five is supposed to become, which is acute behavioral chaos, why don't you mm-hmm. show us that instead of just telling yeah. us what that's supposed to look like?
3: No.
0: Yeah. Honestly. Ugh. We could go on and on and on. Eventually this episode has to end, though, and I would be remiss if we didn't touch on the sound. Hello?
1: I think
2: Blaze is here. Oh. Oh, shit. All right. Give us your letter grade, then.
0: E minus (laughs) 24. Sound. I would be remiss if at this point we didn't start talking about sound. I don't know if it was just me, and I'm not trying to lead us. I had a hell of a time understanding almost anything that was said throughout this entire movie, and I think I still have pretty young woman ears, and I don't usually have this problem, but the captions were on within about five minutes of us turning on this movie. Kevin, I know you've already talked about you're like, maybe a little bit chomping at the bit to talk sound. You can talk music, too. I give you the floor.
2: Wonderful. So, much like Kelly, I was questioning the quality of my ears throughout this film, and I'm watching with good headphones with no other sound distortion on my computer so there's zero chance that I'm missing what they're going for here and I had to stop and rewind and it was uh, was abysmal there was mumbling, these weird whisper tracks that are supposed to give critical pieces of information that you just can't understand even if you listen to it multiple times how did the person who was editing this film or the sound mixer go through and listen to this at the end and go That's a great product. I think everybody who watches this is going to understand everything I'm going for. Hell no. Absolutely miserable. You take Mm -hmm. a movie that's already bad, and then you mix it with something that makes it even worse. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention the thing that irritated me the most, which was those... Off-tune dings every single time a fucking screen in this movie got switched off. Ding, Thank ding, you. ding, <laughs> ding. And it was, it was in so many. I was literally trying to mute this damn movie. I was like, why is this here? It put me. What? In,
0: it easily put me into stage three every time oh I God. heard that sound. Every time
2: I was, it was like noise, like nails on a chalkboard. It pissed me off. I already alluded to this in my earlier rant about the lullabies that I like to listen to music when I go to sleep. I'm a huge proponent of ambient music, like it's one of those big things in my life. And this soundtrack was something that I would fall asleep to. I would literally put this on on purpose to go to bed. So in a movie that has zero emotion, they decided to make the artistic choice of having the music with zero emotion that was dumb so it made it even worse for the viewer on top of everything else we gave nothing to hold on to the most we got was a little bit of tense music as we got to the climax of this and it didn't even do anything to keep me on the edge it was abysmal it was one of those things that detracted from the film even more than I thought it could and it really just got me to a point where I wanted to take my headphones off and just let the rest of the movie flow on its own so just terrible job mixing terrible job just in general Give me something. If they have a meeting where there's some joy, or they're falling in love, just come up with something a little bit lighter. It was just the same thing from jump to the end. So, pfft, terrible. Didn't like it.
0: Well said. Completely agreed. Every single word. Eric, do you want to say anything as well?
1: Yeah, the audio mixing was horrible. You know, I've been in... You know, I was in a band for several years. I've listened to loud music my whole life, so... When things fall below the sound barrier, it extremely annoys me. Thank God we turned the subtitles on. You know, if I had those subtitles off, I wouldn't know what was going on. 100%. Audio mixing, really bad. Yeah. hello I'm talking about
0: uh, muttering. I was curious, you seem like you've probably seen the same YouTube video that I have that talks about, in films nowadays, there's more and more muttering out of actors because of the way that they mic them up and the mm-hmm. closer that the camera can get to them and it's causing more and more people to require captions when they watch a movie i don't know if you have any familiarity with that or if i'm just talking for, <laughs> to myself and some <laughs> audience members but thoughts on sound from you as well yeah no i'm
3: i am aware uh i like to like i'm a, I'm a big youtube junkie and um i've definitely seen that seen that and and I have a problem, like my biggest problem with with my ears, my stupid stupid ears, is um, when it comes to multiple voices at the same time or multiple things happening at the same time. I'm like, I'm fucking okay. Well, now I'm deaf. I don't. I can't. I don't know what's happening. I can't hear what one person's saying because this fucking person's talking over here, and with this, there's a lot of the, the muttering and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> I guess. When I first turned the film on, I was like, man, I can't hear anything. So I cranked up the volume, turned it up. I turned captions on too, which I, I'm not a big caption person, uh, but I turned it on because I didn't mm-hmm. want to miss anything because it seemed I was like, man, it's probably going to be dialogue heavy based off of the synopsis <laughs> and stuff. Uh, I, I went think. to go watch YouTube YouTube today. I get, I get back from work, hop on my couch, pop up the TV, turn on YouTube, and it just, just fucking blasted. <laughs> like, holy shit i turned it on and i fucking clicked it i was like jesus christ (laughs) like what was i doing yesterday either i just you know get the noise blindness where you keep turning the volume up and up and up because you keep trying to hear it and it just gets louder and louder but you do it over the course and you don't realize how fucking loud it is i don't know but yeah today i well, blew out my eardrums when I kicked on little YouTube action after work. What is going on? What is? Did what, what everyone figure out what emojis are effect. again, or something on this on this call? You know, I'm trying to i i to have a serious conversation. To be professional about, here <laughs> about bees and and scientific facts. Also, in this film, they talked about how something was like. 700 million miles away if that's true it wasn't a different planet it was still within our solar system that was pretty fucking stupid as well because from the earth to the sun it's like like fifty million miles and they're like oh this this probe is landing on a whole new planet well guess what it wasn't it was still in our solar system it was landing on fucking Uranus for all I know this is film is stupid if it's supposed to be scientific be scientific I don't know <laughs>
0: eric stop it yeah. <laughs> all right so we're gonna touch on themes real quick and then we're gonna get to our reviews we have also been graciously joined oh, hi, by our yeah, fifth beetle blaze blaze Blaz you want to say hello to the yourself. audience ah <laughs> eric
4: clapton also the earth beetle. is 93 million hey, miles hey, away hey, from hey, the sun hey. not 700 million <laughs> um or one astronomical unit, since I have to be a cold about okay, it. Okay, well, then that, oh, that,
3: <laughs> that probe definitely didn't make it to a fucking new planet.
2: Cheers to that.
0: All right, uh, shifting back into the discussion of this entire podcast, please. do you have a drink in your hand? I do not, actually. I was, like I said, I've been locked out of my house. Okay, okay. like I said, you guys, we're going to just talk themes real quick, and then I want to give us our, uh, our letter grades. I took, like, two themes out of this myself. I want to know your guys' thoughts on it, and maybe if you possibly drained any other theme and meaning out of this movie. Um, One that I just kind of wanted to open up as a question, which we kind of touched at the beginning of this episode. Do you yourself believe that emotion is a disease that prevents the progression of our society? Would we be better off without it?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that after this movie too. It's actually the one thing that a question this movie posed that I actually wanted to ponder And no, I don't think so. I I think our world would be better without ego. It would be better without selfishness, things like that. Things that we can possibly learn and, uh, grow past, uh, with therapy and stuff like that. But we need emotion in this world or else everything would be dull and people would be killing themselves. Like, I think that the, uh, the movie does make a good point with that. We would not be a lot of places without emotion. We'd, we wouldn't have music we wouldn't have art we wouldn't have film we wouldn't have a24 we wouldn't have all these beautiful things we love yeah
0: but we wouldn't have cancer
1: um i mean yeah probably but so
0: which world yeah. are you going to choose you're going to pick the one with <laughs> a24 and cancer
1: i think i would probably but uh you know i'd i'd rather have a24 and cancer so um either way yeah i i'm going with that world and i think that a world without emotion is a world I don't want to live in.
0: Okay. Does anyone else feel differently
3: or do we all agree? I think if you, if you eliminate emotion, science would thrive in like the, the, the earth itself in like society from like a very broad, like high level view would probably be much better. Right. Like just from like, curing cancer and probably recognizing that we're destroying the earth and all these other things and we get away from the the greed and a lot of the bad emotions it would thrive but at the same time you do all that stuff what's the point of being alive right like you're just you're just you become an ant you become nothing you just you're just a body in a a cog kind of thing and and you lose out on the film and the art and the stuff that actually makes life exciting or fun so at the same token it's like i agree with eric i don't want to live in a world like that um and you know you can look back at some of like the you know some great scientific achievements were done With through terrible means in terms of like lacking emotion. I mean, you look at like the paperclip stuff from from World War II, bringing all these scientists that had did done horrible things, or even the U.S. You know, nuking Japan. They used that basically as a giant science experiment. After they did it, they're you know they told them we're going to give you aid and stuff. Reality, they just sent a bunch of scientists to research and explore what the effects were on humans and all that stuff so i don't know it's it's one of those things where there's a there's obviously a positive from it but you lose so much that i just i don't think you could i it's not a world that i would want to live in but it is uh one of those things where sometimes you wish people would just listen to to the facts and you know stop caring about Certain emotions, mostly the greed and the corruption and stuff like that. Obviously, those bad things. Compassion is definitely something we need to have. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we could we could advance to like super high society and stuff, but the cost would be very great at the same time.
0: Yeah, people are amazing. (laughs) Thank you, Eric. Blaze, do you want to touch in on that theme at all?
4: I agree with what everyone says. Obviously, Um, I don't know how what you guys have talked about so far, which is kind of funny. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but I think... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. Um, I think it's funny that we're recording this in 2023 at the uh, new height of ChatGPT and other AI uh, art models. It loses the humanity of the, the art Right. So like this, these computer generated things, which I equate these people to is basically computers and getting rid of all diseases is basically getting rid of all computer viruses, which includes emotion. So I think that like when you like objectively look at AI art today, like it's amazing what they can do with it. But if I, I know the difference between AI art and a human. And I think that's kind of the, Point of this movie in that respect is that you you need the human element in order to grow as a society because even though that this society that they've given to us seems to has advanced technologically and you know to the point where they're reaching the stars seven hundred million miles away Cole <laughs> the fact is that okay, okay I messed up okay? they they're losing a lot of things which makes the end goal not worth it because they seem like a bunch of drones i was kind of as someone who had never seen this movie before i was kind of waiting for the anvil drop to be like there was a separate society outside of the society um you know of like the normal people Mm -hmm. but that anvil never Mm -hmm. dropped so the fact that like eric was alluding to it's like they're just mindless drones and who cares if like diseases and stuff are gone because no one's there to like really reap the benefit outside of the goal and i think the old adage you know in human history is it's the journey is way more important than the destination and the society has ruined the part of the journey because they don't have the emotions of anything outside of their end goal yeah no i would much rather have a 24 and cancer than no cancer
0: (laughs) That's no, <laughs> the question at the end <laughs> of the day.
1: Right. Yeah. And kind of going back, um, so Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy, who uh, Kelly loves, uh, he recently gave an interview about uh, AI-generated art, and he kind of just said, like, well, if there's no expression behind the art, then is it really art at all? You need expression to create art. There needs to be emotion and some kind of even pain or suffering or love or anything behind art to really make it something worthwhile and yeah we can have all this like beautiful you know ai generated art but like when you look at it you can kind of tell it's just not generated from emotion it's not generated from uh expression you know and you can't
0: see or describe a soul but when there's not one you know
1: yeah and i i'll even like uh Go, like, to the other side here. Uh, I recently watched At Eternity's Gate with uh, Willem Dafoe, where he plays Vincent Van Gogh. And he, you know, Vincent Van Gogh was in a time in the late 1800s where there was no antidepressants. There was no medication for people to really treat their depression. And if Vincent Van Gogh possibly had some medication, he probably could have lived much longer and uh, probably could have dealt with his depression and could have made much more, more art. He lived in a certain time and place where he could only make what he could make. But I, I kind of wish, like, artists, there, there needs to be an in-between here where uh, we do need antidepressants. We need, like, medication for people that are depressed. But uh, at the same time, uh, we can't completely just evaporate emotion. We can't completely kill it, you know?
0: Yeah, I like that you guys are bringing up artists. Too, because Silas is one, and we see that difference in him when he feels emotion. He draws a lot differently than he does before. And go back to Van Gogh. Even if he didn't have all of those emotions that couldn't be treated, that he wasn't appreciated for in his lifetime, if he did not have those, also his art wouldn't speak to people century, like centuries later, because it's a universal experience. And when you are kind of what this movie shows too everyone is kind of the same in the fact that they think they're the only one going through it in the way that they are but actually everybody goes through it on different levels but that is something that just like unites humankind and also on this theme of kind of emotion it prevents possibly the progression of society the reason that i disagree with this is i'm like if we strip emotion away from humans or just animals how do we like progress in the way that humankind does because it's not like animals are sitting like and conquering and doing all the evil things along with the good but yeah. there's a reason that like this movie's called equals but you're not equals with animals without your emotions like mm. it's
2: why is an this interesting movie called kind equals? of thing but yeah, like I don't I, I don't know are are these two equal in, equally in love, equal to the society. What is equal in this film? So, so the fight against being equals is why this is called Equals.
0: Right. You, I guess that's what I took from it. Do <laughs> you think a if,
1: world without emotions would have no violence? Because I think we're all kind of saying that we'd be animals no. without emotion. Uh, it, it, yeah. Like I think it, it'd be easier for us for us to kill people if yeah, we it, had no emotions. Well, yeah. you know? it was. No, uh, it was yeah. funny you, to get what we want. I'm yeah. sorry.
4: I'm jumping in. <laughs> But it's, e- it's easier <laughs> oh, yeah, for ahead. the people, like, when you see in the beginning the couplers being taken away, it's easier for them to turn a blind eye to the violence that's clearly going to happen to them. Most of the people that go to the den are convinced to kill themselves.
2: Yeah, by staff members, exactly.
4: Yeah, so the fact, like, like, maybe not, like, animalistic primal violence, but, like, violence and death in general, they look at someone jump off a roof, and they're like, oh, that's neat. Did you know who that was? Yeah. Okay. We haven't no. had a
2: jumper in a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Yeah.
4: So there no, is a, like, there mean, is an element of like violence in the movie. It's just way more without emotion. It's way more uh, blasé. It's
0: not crimes of passion. It's just crimes of logic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah well, it, it, I which think is extremely more cold co- and, of, and like, sterile.
1: I need to get what I want, so I'm just gonna murder you. Yeah. You know, and, like and, <laughs> yeah. not want, and, you know, but need. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, like I touched on it earlier with the like you look at the Nazis and or, you know, they did terrible, terrible experiments to people and stuff, which is why we don't experiment on people. But they learned so much. So in a society where you don't care about emotions, people just become guinea pigs for the, you know, quote unquote common good, because from a scientific perspective, you know, we're here to cure cancer. OK, well, let's get a bunch of people. We'll put mm-hmm. them in a bunch of trials. We'll essentially shoot radiation at them to give them cancer. And then we'll see if we can treat them or not. And then if they die, well, I have no emotions, so I don't give a shit. Next person. And, you know, it's, it, I don't know. it.
1: But, uh, well, yeah, nowadays we yeah. just experiment on people in Guantanamo Bay and, you know. Well, this, yeah, we, uh, we, we,
3: we experiment on poor people we that do care about.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. We'll give you 50 I, sign, bucks. sign you up for
1: this little uh, medical trial I, over here. I, I did yeah. find <laughs> it
2: interesting bucks, that yeah. <laughs> they did mention that when the cure came out that all the clinics were overrun. So truly there was enough people in society that were living as these hiders or people who had emotions. What, like
3: 12 right? of them? Because the full film was in uh, the smallest percentage in 90% of, 90, whatever percent of the people the rest of the world. Dead. Maybe they
0: killed one. 90% of the world just to figure out how to scan people to figure out if they had the disease or not. <laughs> yeah. All right, my last theme, and then we're getting to letter grades. For realsies this time. Mm. Kevin mentioned 100% that this movie is a love story. There's a reason that we haven't really touched on the love story, and that's Completely personal, my choice as the narrator. The love story did nothing for me, and I was more interested in talking about the little bits of the world that we had to talk about. So, with love being the thing, we're talking about they're fumbling around, they're figuring out love for the first time. It starts hot, right? It's physical love, it's physical attraction, it's staring her down like she's a parade to be hunted. And then they're attached and they're whispering sweet nothings and they make all these promises silas then romeo and juliet's story he loses his emotion by the end but then we find him decide to move and hold hands with nia is her name i already forgot nia at the end of this movie for me i'll go ahead and just give away the goat on what i'm going to ask you guys is what does love mean once you do feel it and for me what this movie was telling me is that it's a commitment and that's what he did even with emotions taken from him he said we had a plan we're gonna stick to it and don't give up on me even when i'm gonna act a different way because i'm still in there trying to fight for this actually was a little romantic for me at the end i felt something um when he moves his hand over he's making a choice to do so knowing that he can get back to that place again loves more than just an emotion because at the end of the day emotions are fleeting your guys' thoughts on that kind of theme, Cole? I kind of my I think I want to start with you because I saw you raising your finger. But that was kind of what I took from the end of this movie and that final scene.
3: Yeah, I mean that that final scene was was I guess the big payoff or like the big thing. Like it it definitely was. I think the best acting and the best overall like just scene if you take that scene and use it as like a clip on youtube or whatnot or show someone it's like yeah okay that like i mean that's pretty pretty good like they obviously those two people like i know christian stewart has a lot of haters but you know both of them obviously are actors and have been doing this profession so like i i, I really did like that scene but man it just you take that and combine it with everything else and and the just the overall disappointment i guess i had with this film it just it just didn't do enough and and (laughs) i really i you know i know a lot of people hate like those cliffhanger type endings i really wish they cut it before he like reaches over for the hand so you don't know because i I don't know just again this whole movie kind of felt like a cop-out so instead of them being like, well, it's up to the viewers to decide if he's, he's going to feel emotion again or if, or if humanity can succeed through through scientific bullshit and all that stuff. And, you know, we're anti-vaxxers and, you know, fuck COVID and all. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, like, I don't know. I, I It's one of those things where I really I, I really do wish is before he, he looks back and. I would rather him give her kind of like a curious or an inquisitive type look where he's unsure of what's happening than for him to just be like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to hold your hand. I for sure totally remember you like we're going to we're going to I don't know. It just it just felt like a cop out. I really wish they did played more with the gray area or, you know, made it more just more suspense, more more risk, I guess. I don't know. It just it just felt like a cop-out overall.
0: Kevin, your thoughts on the ending, especially as a married man, these themes of love, the feeling, love, the commitment. Did you pull any of this out of here? Your thoughts.
2: Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together. today. I don't know why that came into my head right at this point. but um, So back to the scene where they're waiting to find each other. So we get to this climax right where they're supposed to be meeting up after this whole big thing and they see each other and they make this big plan. And they hold each other, and they say, promise. And it's like that idea of what's going to happen the next morning. And the viewer is very much built up to see what's going to happen when the five hours kick in and the cure, and we have the next morning. And now, to be fair, I did enjoy this scene um, where she wakes up, and she looks at him for the first time. And that tension of the what if was huge for me because I honestly thought that he was going to be so robotic, like, oh. i'm sorry there's nothing to it report her or something like that and then it goes away but what he does say is interesting to me he says we had a plan so the cure somehow removes the emotional side but totally leaves the analytical side of it still there so he remembers that he was in love and he remembers that there's a plan and those two things are enough for him to decide to go along with said plan so what does that cure really do maybe pulls out the feeling so you're not like emotionally feeling but you're still making that decision as if you were emotionally affected and maybe that's why he's able to hold her hand at the end and they go off because he's able to think about it from a logical standpoint and separate the love side of it and perhaps that's also part of this theme is that you may not necessarily need love to accomplish a good relationship maybe I know that's really weird and totally not real, but I'm grasping at straws like Eric said here too. The ending was enough to keep me curious, I wanted to see where it was going to go, so it redeemed itself in that sense. Uh, Other than that, the ending was kind of one of those, like Cole mentioned to it earlier, it seemed really easy to get out of the society, take this bus to this bus to this bus, and then I'm going to get on out of here. That's kind of where that was. Um, the other part of the ending that I didn't necessarily like so much is how easy it was to catch the the three of them at the at the um, what's the name of that place, the den. Like one guy just ratted them out, and that was the end of it. I was mm-hmm. just like, ah, it was too simple. Like, come on, give me something else. Yeah. Uh, and that was where that whole thing went.
0: <laughs> All right, Blaze. I'm gonna let you talk about your thoughts on the ending, and then I'm gonna let you just go ahead and give your final review and letter grade, not knowing what. Anything else that we have said or thought, though, you probably picked up on the end.
4: (laughs) So I'm going to go because I'm going to go into my big blaze theory that makes a movie better than it probably actually deserves. Um, Instead of talking about love, because I think they said everything. It was too ambiguous, but, you know, still left, you know, a little blossom of hope. And that's great. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, the show Black Mirror, um, but there's an episode Mm -hmm. called Don't Hang the DJ. And this whole movie mm-hmm. reminded me, even though but Don't Hang the DJ comes afterwards, th- I believe this is all a computer program. And these are all like little bites and stuff like that. Just, just based on the aesthetics, just based on like how they treat illnesses. I, I think they're part of a computer that's in a ship that is going to this planet. And they have uploaded like human consciousnesses and stuff. And that's, um, this emotion is what, is bringing them, you know, it, it's a, it's essentially a computer virus emotion within this computer. So I think, even though they leave it uh, ambiguous, I think that the train doesn't go anywhere, and it's all just part of the programming. It's almost like the Matrix, in a sense. That doesn't make this movie any better. Uh, jumping into my review of this, it was very, very, very hard to watch. The dialogue was terrible. I mean, I know it was kind of like on purpose how they had it sound robotic, but I'll tell you what. We've watched a couple just absolute stinkers. This is the first time I've ever fallen asleep. I had to wake up and rewatch the whole middle <laughs> of the movie, and then I told you guys I rewatched it, I was like I probably could have, you know, not watched it and gave the same review. Um I think it was Christian Sirs' ideal role. You didn't have to emote at all, which is pretty great. As a lover of sci-fi, when they do literally every trope uh, about a dystopian future and it's not even like an interesting twist on it, it gets really bothersome and burdensome. And I wouldn't watch it again. I wouldn't call it an F, to be honest. It's more like an E24 for me, but it's definitely something I wouldn't recommend and definitely something I will never go back to. So that's it. (laughs) That's <laughs> my theory and my grade.
0: Fair enough. Blaze, how about you pick who goes next?
4: Uh, let's go Kay Avin.
2: All right. So how to articulate everything wrong with this movie without repeating everything I've already said. That's going to be the question. Um, from the very beginning, as we start into this movie, uh, we get a certain emotion and a certain feel for it and it doesn't change for 90 minutes. So that, for me, is a major flaw in general. Uh, I like movies that give me a range of emotions that start me out in a certain place and then end me in a certain place, and maybe in the middle I get taken somewhere else. This one had me in the exact same emotional state essentially through the entire movie and left me disappointed at the end. There wasn't a lot redeeming in the middle as far as cinematography or audio. Dialogue certainly wasn't enough compelling to keep me in the film. I think that there were some parts of it that definitely had me interested. Um, Some of the questions about what the society might have looked like or how we got to that society, Uh, but those questions weren't answered. We were left asking them for ourselves. I feel like the writer um, slash director put too much onus on the viewer to feel this movie or to make this movie something special for each person, and it was just left with blank slates. I don't like a movie that necessarily leaves it so open for interpretation that it leaves you just questioning whether or not they even had any idea what it was supposed to mean themselves. And that's where this movie falls very short for me. For me, um, all of the major things that make a movie good fell short in this film. Um, The only redeeming factor was probably that it was 90 minutes and not anymore. Uh, I will give it a D24. I will not recommend it to my friends. And if you are listening to this, watch it for the sake of getting it off your A24 list, but then forget about it because that's <laughs> pretty much what the rest of us are going to do. Thank
0: you for that. Yeah. Pass the hot potato, though. We're going to do it this way. <laughs> I love Who it. do you want to hear from next?
2: Cole. Cole, you're up.
3: Yeah, so um, obviously off of my B rant... Uh, I don't like this movie. Think, just based off
2: the that That's the thing right there. Sorry to cut it. <laughs> oh, was it supposed to be a bumblebee? Yeah. yeah,
3: it's not a... Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. They say it was a bee. It was really a wasp and all this other shit. Like, it, this movie fucking pissed me off. But <laughs> it just, it was boring. Like, Blaze fell asleep. Eric fell asleep. I had to watch it in two parts. Like, come on. If, if over 50% of the people who watch this film had to take a break or fell asleep there's something wrong right and it's a minimalist movie i get the concept we've seen it a million times i love sci-fi i love like post-apocalyptic movies i will watch all this trash all day long but man has this been done a million times and it's been done way better way more entertaining uh it just everything about it the cinematography they could have done like Kelly alluded to like if Kelly was there giving notes I think this film (laughs) may have been better because they did absolutely nothing to make you feel more emotion like they were feeling for the first time they did it just it just felt awkward and and ugly and just it just felt lazy a lot of cop outs like there was a lot of like I, one thing I love about A24 is all, all these films have such cool twists or, or kind of change the narrative or expectations. They did none of that. The part where he was going to jump off the building. If he jumped off, that would have been pretty crazy, right? Nah, he's not going to do it. Okay, instead he decides, I'm going to get the shot to cure my emotion. Well, it would be pretty crazy if he never got cured. Like That would be pretty sad, pretty pretty tragic like Romeo and Juliet instead. No, we're going to, he's going to be completely fine. He'll, he'll, he'll figure it out. They'll still be in love. Uh, I did look up one of my favorite things to look up on movies that I don't like is Amazon reviews. And there was a couple, one of them was, a uh, someone gave it, uh, five stars and said the concept, the concept of this story is like the other end of equilibrium. Well, guess what? Equilibrium's, Pretty fucking good movie, because it's the same fucking concept, but guess what? It's action-packed and full of guns and just, like, popcorn bullshit where you can turn off your brain and have a good time. This movie is the opposite, where it does not have any fun, and it is the exact same concept, and they took it all out. But apparently this person thought it was worth five stars. And and I just and a, another person, I felt like they were calling me out. They said... Uh, if you like NFL, Bud Light, pop culture, trucks that take up two lanes and told uh, uh, work for a government job and have an IQ of 120, this film is, is not for you. Watch something else. And I was like, you know, <laughs> about half of those things apply to me, and I'm kind of hurt. But at the same time, I'm also like, you know what? You're right, because this film is not for me. <laughs> I, I, I just, I couldn't, you know, I just, I did not like it. I'm going to give this a D minus 24. Fair uh,
0: enough. Hot potato. Hot Which potato, kiss do you pick?
3: Hot potato is going to be Kelly. Okay. Uh, yeah,
0: the... Review of that person being so, like, this is clearly a very heady movie, and if you take up two
3: parking places, you'll never understand it. It is ridiculous. The the best part is, okay, this is on Amazon, and I, I like, wrote a little synopsis, but they said, if you buy all your stuff on Amazon because you're incapable of making selections elsewhere as a decision-making individual. Dude, you're on fucking Amazon writing a review for a movie you watched on fucking Amazon.
0: (laughs) Narcissist <laughs> yeah. alert. Okay,
3: continue, continue, Kelly, I'm sorry. Holy cow. Um, this
0: is one of the least heady sci-fi movies I've ever seen, is what I was going to say. It's extremely <laughs> basic. It's extremely, here's that pretentious word again, derivative. It's extremely, and angrily so, boring. I was almost pissed off that I had to watch this <laughs> entire movie. It is heartbreakingly slow. I told Eric many, many times. I was like, I want to just do a super cut of this movie. Any part that progresses the plot gets to stay. Boom, the movie's five minutes long. That's it. I am so sick of looking at up close shots of these two actors. I I could add mucus to the screen. I'm five seconds away from doing so. I hated everything about this movie. And how dare they have a written idea of the movie sound hundred times cooler than actually putting it together itself you get to add all of these layers to what sounds like a really cool premise and you fail time after time after time again this was the biggest disappointment it was so a waste of my life yeah we were mentioning how we all had to take breaks in it we took a break in it and i dreaded having to watch to watch the second half this was awful i could not recommend it less uh I would say it's probably maybe the worst one that I've seen on this list so far. It pissed me off. So it is an easy. Well, if it's an F24, can I give it an F minus? I guess. I could. Yeah. You it. Yeah. What's the lowest can. we can go? This F-24 Damn. happily.
3: Wow. I forgot I forgot we had Fs. Can I change mine to E E minus? I said e. Oh, well yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I skip E altogether. That's why mine's a D cuz E is fake in my mind.
3: Thank
4: <laughs> Well, it's canon in our <laughs> podcast. So. Well, you'll never hear me give an E rating.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. well, I'll keep mine uh short and sweet. I recently got a colonoscopy and this movie is what I imagine the doctor saw when he stuck a camera up my ass. <laughs> F24.
2: Uh. F24. Damn. <laughs> yeah, well, done. well done.
4: So this could have been another 5-minute yeah, f- tweet. That's what you're saying. <laughs>
2: Are, are you yeah. just gonna leave this it, at is that, yeah, yeah. it at that? a five minute treat. Yeah, I'm leaving at that.
3: I wanna. Uh, can I can I retroactively change it to E minus?
2: Yeah, I forgot about S. I'm standing yeah, by my fine. D. You can all suck it. <laughs>
0: Well listeners, thank you very much for listening to this note. entire episode. If you were a fan of this movie, I am so impressed with your wherewithal to get to the end of it, and it makes me respect the movie a little bit more if you did so. If you did, leave a comment and let me know, and I will shake your hand in the virtual world. If you are a hater of this movie like the rest of us, welcome, come into our arms, and you can be a guest on a future episode. We thank you again so much for supporting our podcast and listening to us, and please leave us reviews, tell your friends, and thanks again. Love mm-hmm. ya. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
2: Bye! Bye! See you next time.
1: You nicknamed my daughter after the lock is monster?!